There they go, chaos theory. My man, double R, Rodney Rodriguez, and of course the man, Adam Wags, Adam Wagner with the Wagner Wire. Make sure you continue to check him out for all of your fantasy uh, needs, fantasy sports. That is not all of your fantasy needs. It is your boy Harbaugh Harge, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Hanging with Harge. I'm your boy Harbaugh Harge. I represent the two five four and the five one two. I'm always representing for you. I also want you to be a part of the show, and I appreciate everybody that continues to show up and show out and be a part of the show. But uh, hit us up on the CODA text line, 512-222-9328. I just brought it up. Hey, thank you, Sal. Happy happy Friday to you, my friend. Um, we just talked about it. I'm going to get into this, this big weekend of football action it's that time of year where all these games start to really really line up and match up as you continue to break down all of these games but when you start to look at the matchups for this weekend appreciate you appreciate you uh eddie williams what's up told you it's big bro it's big get out to covert rio don ricky williams is in the house they're uh getting ready to sign some autographs he got there a little bit earlier than expected he's going to be there from 11 to 12 i think it is uh he may stay a little bit longer he's got a lot of uh other activities that are going on this weekend ricky's got the distinguished alumni uh meeting tonight you also have what what they call the, the dinner over there for ricky and of course he's going to be recognized tomorrow at the game versus k state Big, 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 big matchup with K-State this weekend. Texas comes in 7-1. They're a four-point favorite. That line came down. Originally, they were six. Now the line is down to four. K-State, 6-2. and two. It is an 11 a.m. kick. The both teams are 4-1 and one in the Big 12. The other two teams that are 4-1 and one is Oklahoma and uh, K-State. I mean, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They play Saturday, 2.30, and then KU and Iowa State, they play Saturday night. So it's a fun field day of college football, especially in the Big 12. Well, there is also a bunch of games going across the uh, college landscape, and none none bigger to me than the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game. It's played at the same time as Texas and uh, K-State. And you're probably sitting there saying, why is that game so big to you, Harge? What up, CB? You're probably saying, why is that game so big to you? And the reason being is because when you look at the number 10 ranked Ole Miss Rebels, a lot of people didn't think that they would be in this position. They are 7-1 and one as well. But the team that everyone was talking about at the very beginning of the year was the Texas A&M Act. And the reason why people were talking about Texas A&M is because they were making a change. Jimbo Fisher, the head coach, who's offensive, who also is an offensive-minded uh, head coach, he's had a tough time, a tough go at Texas A&M. They've been eight and five pretty much every year, or eight and four, or eight and five, whatever. They're going to get five losses. That's that. That's etched in stone. And the reason why I say it's etched in stone is because they haven't shown me anything else that would lead me to believe that they're going to be doing something different. 
Now you look at Jimbo Fisher. We all know about his buyout. I get it. That's a lot of money for someone to have uh, a buyout at that number. Two things that I want to look at. Number one, is the performance leading you to believe that it's time to make a change for him? Not the financial, because everybody always talks about the money that Texas A&M has. Texas A&M, for, you know, they, they, they're very braggadocious when they talk about their money. So to me, if Jimbo Fisher loses to Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels, we know that the heat is on right now. We understand that. But how intense does that fire get on that hot seat for Jimbo Fisher? I didn't come into the show thinking that I was going to focus on this Texas A&M football team. We, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to Texas and what the expectation is. And this is great stuff right here because we're talking about Ricky Williams and him being at uh, Covert BK. Get on out there and see Ricky. You can put me on. You can see me on the, on the big screen out there. They got, they got the TVs on out there on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But my man CB brought this up, and it's ironic that I'm talking about the Aggies. Ricky is celebrating his 25th year anniversary of his Heisman, and it's also 25th year anniversary of the Aggies winning the Big 12 championship. That was the last time they played for a conference championship. And just so you know, I'm bringing it up too, because Ricky Williams broke the record, the all-time rushing record against the Texas a and It just all just kind of tied together the way that was broken down. But I'm really curious, Texas A&M fans, how much money are you donating to help get Jimbo Fisher out if he loses this game to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin? I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I'm totally intrigued by it. There's also some big games in the SEC as well. Uh, Georgia is hosting Missouri, number 12 Missouri this weekend. That's going to be a big game because nobody saw Missouri being this team that is now 7-1 and one. Uh, overall record where Georgia is 8-0. They're ranked number 12. Georgia came out and was ranked number two. As I mentioned a little while ago, the 230 game as well will be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in Boone Pickens Stadium, Bedlam, Stillwater. Oklahoma State is a, a six-point dog at home. Mike Gundy continues to work his magic. This is a big game for both of these teams because they don't know if they're going to play each other after this year. Mike Gundy's been very vocal about not wanting to play to play them anymore. He said they wanted to leave, so let them go. We don't need to have uh, Bedlam. I see my boy JT. You ready for that parade today, JT? I know you're excited. Your, your, your Rangers won the World Series. They got a big parade today. I'm sure you're going to be watching it on MLB Network. Congratulations. He just stated that Missouri is going to take down Georgia this weekend. Mark it down. Okay. He's been spot on on a couple of his picks here lately. He's been collecting. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, some other games that have some significance that we probably will be talking about on Monday is the Kansas Jayhawks taking on the Iowa State 
uh, Cyclones at Jack Trice Stadium. Did y'all know Jack Trice Stadium is the only stadium that's named after an African-American man? Look it up. Look it up, folks. Jack Trice. That's a brother. Didn't know it, did you? But anyway, Kansas, break number 21, goes to Iowa State. Iowa State is another team that has got that four and one record in the Big 12 right now. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens there. We got Washington and USC, the debacle in uh Inglewood, up to no good, Compton, Watts, LA. Let's see what's happening. Michael Penix Jr. versus Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy candidate, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to be the repeat Heisman Trophy winner because of their record. They only they're only seven and two. Let's not get it twisted. They're still right there in the mix, but it has been an ugly seven and two. It has been an ugly seven and two. And I don't know if it's Lincoln Riley or it has to be Lincoln Riley because he's the head coach. Why in the hell doesn't he get a defensive coordinator that can help him? The offense shouldn't have to score 70 points and win. They should be able to go out there, play a hard-fought game, and win some tough games, but your defense is trash. you got to get that fixed, Lincoln Riley. That's a big game. And then another big game, LSU at Alabama. LSU 6-2, and two, Alabama 7-1. Who did Alabama lose to, guys? Oh, them Texas Longhorns. That's right. I'll get into this Texas Longhorn uh, conversation in just a minute. But Alabama and LSU, that's another big game. That'll be on CBS tomorrow night, 645. That is the game of the night. Uh, for those that are looking for the Deion Sanders update, that's right, Deion Sanders in uh, Folsom Field. They'll be hosting the Oregon State uh, Beavers. The Beavers are coming to town. They're 6-2. and two. DJ Ungulalalele is the quarterback. He's been playing well. But Deion Sanders and his crew, they need two more wins to become bowl eligible. Will they get those wins? They've already exceeded expectation. The luster of prime time has kind of faded to the back for most people. But for me, I'm still all in. I'm still watching them. I'll be up late watching football all weekend. So best believe that your boy will be tuned in tomorrow night. Uh, don't forget to turn your clocks back this weekend. As we told you, Ricky Williams is at Covert BK. But you need to be there as well because Covert Bee Cave is nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Covert Bee Cave has three state-of-the-art dealerships that also carry seven brands. That's Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Re uh, Jeep, and Ram. And if you're looking for Ford, go out to Covert Ford and Huddle, or you can go to Ford Lincoln in Austin. Covert Bee Cave has something for everyone. Cobra BK services all makes and models with 86 service bays. Your wait time will be minimal. So please visit covertbk.com for the latest specials. You can check out the inventory or just stop by and grab a little bit of lunch. That's right. You still got time. Ricky Williams is out there. BK is out there. And Bucky Gobbo. Ask Bucky why he didn't get those 10 yards for Ricky Williams. Matter of fact, ask Ricky Williams why didn't he get them 10 yards. That'll be a great discussion. I would love to be there for that. But no one beats a Cobra deal. Not now, not ever. And I told you about all those games and the game times that are going to be happening. But what better way to enjoy all those games than with a TV from Audiovisual Consultations? That's right. My man Tom McKay and his crew will get everything done for you. 
They've been around and doing business in this area since 1988. And if you're looking for the hookup, whether it's a big screen TV, 85 inch, or you're trying to put multiple TVs in one spot, Tom and his crew will do it for you. Don't go out there and try to do it yourself because I promise you, it won't be set up properly. The balance, everything that you need, whether you want surveillance cameras, whether you want special lighting, or you're trying to set up the home theater of your dreams, let Tom and his crew do it. Go to avconsultations.com or give them a call at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. And let Tom and his crew take care of that for you. That is how they get that done. Good afternoon, Miss Becky. Uh, it's 11 o'clock, so I don't know where you at, but it's still morning time. But uh, I know it's afternoon for my man Sal. It's really early in the morning for my man CB. I know that for a fact. Uh, I just wanted to run down all of those matchups and talk a little bit about the NFL in just a moment as well. But I want to talk about this matchup with K-State and the Texas Longhorns. At 11 a.m. kick, big noon kickoff will be here. Joel Klatt will be on the call with Gus Johnson. Uh, the All-American girl, Jenny Tapp, will be there as well. But the people that are going to be there that you are going to need to know for the uh, K-State football team. The Wildcats come in here, as you know, is one of those teams that Texas always has trouble with. Lately, though, they have won, um, what, eight out of the last 10 meetings that they've had. And I know that Kleiman has not beaten the University of Texas at his time against uh, Texas while he's been at K-State. So this is a tough battle for him, and he knows – that this is going to be a tough battle. The matchups, the, the talent that Texas has heading into this big game this weekend, it's important for Texas to go out there and establish uh, the run again because when you look at what Texas was able to do last year against them, they ran the ball, and they ran the ball effectively. Uh, Texas ran for, what, 279 yards, or excuse me, 269 yards in the last game that they played against them, uh, Bijan Robinson had 30 carries for 209 yards. And again, I told you the other day, the Rubik's Cube, that is the 335 defense, the cloud defense, is to me considered a Rubik's Cube. So that is the funny part to me. When you start looking at this team, and how everybody always talks about the numbers and how Sark doesn't have good numbers against this type of defense. Hell, I don't think a lot of people put up big numbers. But the way to crash that party is to run the football. You have enough talent in the backfield, whether you're going to use Jonathan Brooks, whether you're going to use um, uh, C.J. Baxter. You can also look at Keelan Robinson. You got Jaden Blue. You have options in the backfield that will give you uh, enough power. Because if you got three down linemen and you have some guys on that offensive line that can move some bodies, this is how you make them come out of that 3-3-5 that, uh, clap when you're effective with it. Last year's game, Texas won 34-27. to uh, 27. They, were, they, they had big first halves, and this is the time. Remember last year? This Texas football team had trouble scoring in the second half. 
Texas went to halftime with a 31 to uh, 10 halftime score. They only scored three points in the second half. But this is a totally different mindset and a totally different football team when it comes to being effective from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. They've changed their, their whole dynamic and what they were able to do during that time. But I want Sark yesterday met with the media and he he wanted to talk about the team and what's going on. But I want you to hear his opening statements and then we'll get into it. An exciting opportunity for our team. Um, you know, Saturday, 11 a.m. against a really good opponent in Kansas State. Uh, I think the week of work has reflected the excitement uh, in our team. Uh, I think it's been an intense, energetic week of practice. Um, I think a lot of guys have, have obviously, you know, been focused on the task at hand and, and, and been very, you know, detailed in their approach. And so um, we're looking forward to the opportunity. And, um, you know, this is, you know, games like this is, is why these guys chose to come here. Um, and it's going to take, you know, everybody on our roster contributing to the success of the team. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a scout team player or a frontline starter. Everybody's got a role uh, to the success of, of us and, and what we do. Um, and with that being said, so do our fans. And th th this is, you know, it's 11 a.m. kick Saturday. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that, that our fans are there early and fired up and loud and, and making DKR as, as hostile of environment as there is in the country, uh, which I know we can, it can be. So we're looking forward to that as well. I know our players are excited about that. There's nothing like playing at home and we only get six Saturdays a year to do that. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. We're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a hostile environment. It's got to be. People are ready, really fired up about this football team. They're going to get a second chance to look at Malik. Um, they're going to make their judgments now that he's had two weeks of running with the first team. It is a, a, a big opportunity for some of these other players to kind of step up. Uh, the offensive line has to play at a very high level. Um, this defense for K-State, they, they play well. Texas is going to have to do better in the red zone. We all have talked about that. You can't get those trips into the red zone and not come away with points. So it's important that anytime you have the opportunity to put points on the board early in the ball game, early in the ball game, you have to take them. Now, if it's late in the game and you're in a different situation where you really want to try to, to, to ice the game or, Force your will. I know that this way, this week has been a very intense week for the for the offensive line because they understand. Christian Jones at the end of the game last week talked about the red zone offense. We have to put points on the board. Now we heard we heard from Sark earlier this week, and he was talking about the gut. I have a gut feeling on what happens in the in those games. And so I want to play that for you again. Um, it's more gut. You know, we have analytics. Um, I always find out kind of what the analytics says. But at the end of the day, I go with um, what I think is in the best interest of our team at that moment. You know, I, I jokingly say people have told me about the book. And I said, yeah, we, we have a book, too. But last time I checked, President Hartzell and CDC didn't hire the book. They hired Steve Sarkeesian to be the head coach. So I, I kind of trust my gut on a lot of that stuff.
Yeah, and I believe it. And I believe it too. And I understand about the analytics and I know where exactly where he was going because I feel the same way. There's a time and a place that you feel you're watching the game. The analytics are not driven by things that actually you see. Analytics are driven by numbers and they're they're populated. And you try to, if he runs this play certain amount of times, this is what happens. If he does this, this is what happens. But if you're watching the game, and I told you this the other day when I was talking about baseball, when they went out and pulled the pitcher out, and I'm like, guy is dealing. Why are you taking him out of the game? Well, the analytics said pull him out. Well, then you're, you're bringing a new pitcher, and the pitcher gives up the home run, and now what did your analytics tell you about that? Like, so there, there's there's so many different things, but I agree when, when Sark says the gut feeling of going forward on fourth down. What do you got to do? Well, to me, to me, I believe that you need to take points when they are given to you. Yes, you know, I, I, I heard him talk about he considered that a loss because he wanted seven, but he, he had to take three, so there's a four-point swing. Well, if you don't get any points, that's a seven-point, six-point, seven-point swing. So give me something. Yes, it's frustrating because you end up, driving all the way down there and you can't get one yard. I understand that. But at this point in the season, you are who you are. Can you improve that? Yes. Then the numbers, here we go. The numbers look a little bit different. Yes. You can change the numbers, but you can change them in a negative way or you can change them in a positive way. And right now there hasn't been a lot of success when he's gotten to the red zone, not saying it can't happen this week. I'm hoping But the numbers tell me that this team for K-State is one of the better teams in the country when it comes to red uh, scoring defense. They only give up 15 points per game, 15.9, actually. Texas only gives up 16 points per game. So this is going to be a matchup of two teams, stubborn teams that don't give up a lot of points. But most importantly, they need to, it's going to come down to third down, defense get them off the field texas is one of the best they are 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 number three in the nation in third down conversion defense they stop you at a very high rate but you know what else so does k-state they're number four on conversion oh excuse me excuse me they're number six on third down defense so it's a tough, tough defense that we're going to be going up against. And I'll give you some names in just a moment uh, that you're going to want to pay attention to. So I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out right now. So this is going to be a challenge for you guys to watch the, the trenches, see who's win, winning the battle of the trenches for both sides. I've told you about the Texas defensive line all season long. That has been the most consistent part of their team. That is the most consistent part of their football team is that defensive line. Now, the other levels, they have to play to a very high level as well, whether it's the linebacker position. This may be a big game for Jalen Ford or definitely in the secondary part because this is going to be a game where, depending on the quarterback, both of the quarterbacks can run too, by the way. And, and if you listen to Coach Kleiman, he says the same thing. 
He says, both of my quarterbacks can run and both of my quarterbacks can throw. So I don't know why people keep saying one's a running quarterback, one's a passing quarterback. It is a, a difference, uh, different type of team. And I heard an interview this week that uh, I think it was either last week or the week before. They brought in a different quarterback for every series. They were rotating series. So you never know what you're going to get. And Texas has to be able to adjust to whatever the situation may be. So that is, is, is going to be a huge part of what you're going to be paying attention to. Uh, the question was asked about Malik Mur- Murphy and who is Malik and what has Malik done this week? Has he gotten better? And Coach Sark talked about it. And one of the things that we haven't heard from all week, we haven't heard of anything about Quinn. There hasn't been any reports about Quinn, even with all the guys that are insiders that we know. I haven't heard anybody talking about Quinn and where he is with his injury update. So as of right now, we're still rolling with Malik. I still believe in Malik. I know a lot of you guys are really, really waiting to see that game. But if you if you went back and watched the game after the first couple of interceptions or first couple of turnovers by him, he played outstanding. He was efficient with the football. Sark called a great game plan for him and moved the ball uh, around. But one of the people that need to get the football, and I believe in this, is Jay Witt. And I'll let you hear what Sark said about Jay Witt. But first, I want you to hear what he said about Malik Murphy. I don't want to say he's quite you know, 100% comfortable yet. It's anything. He's going into start number two. But I think it, there's a little um, reduced anxiety in that he knows what to expect, expect day in and day out. Um, I think he has an understanding of kind of how game day goes as the starter and that feeling of taking the field. And so some of those things that may cloud your focus from day to day, um, I think he understands what that is and that allows him to, to live in the moment. Right. And we, we have a saying around here today is the most important day. And when, when you can really focus on what we're doing today, that's going to help you prepare for Saturday. Um, but naturally when you're a first time starter and you've never started, there's a lot of things lingering in your mind about, I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder what this will be like. I wonder what, and that now clouds what you're doing on a daily basis. So I think there's a level of comfort for him that way. Um, and then, and then two, I think there's just a, a level of comfort for us and for the players around him of, okay, this is Malik on game day. This is his personality. This is Malik in game prep when he's running a play for the first time and, and his understanding of it all. So I, I just think all the way around, um, it feels a little bit more comfortable uh, for he and, and for the people around him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's learning a little bit. His mindset is a little bit different. The way he takes his approach is a little bit different. And people are starting to, uh, to understand who he is. This is his team for right now. And as the leader and as the quarterback of this team, he's got to step his game up and make it all about him. Not egotistical all about him, but I'm talking about more about the fact of how he's going to approach the game. Make sure he takes care of the football. This game is going to come down to turnovers. It always does. Because both teams are hard hitting. Both teams are, are, are dealing with quarterback play. There's there's a lot uh, of things that that are in play. Yes, Eddie, they're in the main building at Cobra BK, like the big, big building. That's where everything happens. It's upstairs. You get a chance to go out there and hang out with Ricky Williams. Um, so 
Turnovers are going to make be a major part of it, and which team takes care of it. They're not going to budge. Both teams, I just told you what the, the defense gives you. That is where it's at. So it's going to be a big game for the Texas Longhorns, Malik Murphy. And the question was asked just a second ago, and I, I, I maybe I read it wrong, but I'm, I'm going to ask it again. Here it is. My man Sam just asked, for all those who say run the ball, so what are you going to say if it blows up? I'm just curious. Um, you mean as if they're not going to be able to run the football? Yeah, they're going to have to throw the ball and move it around and try to extend it. Obviously, you're going to have a quick game, quick game, quick game where they get the ball out of Malik's hand. I know everybody gets tired of the screens, the laterals, basically, that we run at the – I think it might be the very first play of every game. But like you said, Sark told us last week, as a quarterback, you want to get in a rhythm early. So maybe that's just Sark's way of getting in a rhythm for the quarterback is by throwing those quick screens. I don't know. But as far as running the ball, like I said, last year you ran for 259 yards against them, 269, excuse me. You ran for 269 yards against them. You did it the year before as well when you had the Roj, uh, Rojo package. You got the Savion Red package, the red zone. That's what I keep calling it, Savion Red zone. Um, they call it the red cat. I don't know, but you still want to make sure that you're using all of your weapons. You know, there was a question that was asked too: who has the better hands. Is it Malik Murphy? I mean, not Malik Murphy. Is it JT Sanders? Is it, um, let me see. Is it JT Sanders? Is it Malik? Who, I keep saying Malik, who has the best hands on the team? And from what I was told a while back, I know I thought it was Jay Witt. But I believe Worthy has great hands. They have a lot of they have a lot of people that can make plays, and that's the one thing that Sark was talking about when he brought up the question was asked: How how are you not getting the ball to Jordan Whittington? How does he go in a game and not have one catch? And I've said this early uh, on: When you look at the the tight end, Jatavian Sanders, I always say if you get him involved in the game early. He's going to give you everything. Not saying he doesn't play hard. Dude's a baller. But if you get him involved in a game early, his attitude's different. He blocks a lot harder. He makes plays for you. And he's engaged in the ball game. When you don't get him the ball, he sometimes kind of zones out and seems disinterested. Um, Because I watch body language. I watch the way people go about their business. So when you're sitting there and you're watching Jay Witt, this is a guy that, I've been a big fan of since his days at Quero. When I heard that Texas got this kid, I was like, where are they going to play him? Are they going to play him at running back? They're going to play him on defense. They're going to play him at wide receiver. What is he going to be? And then they moved him out to wide out. He ended up getting hurt. He's had some moments. But there should never be a game as much as he does. Because out of all the people that are out there on that field, He's probably the best blocker of the wide receiver crew, for sure. But let's use them in a different way. Run a reverse with Jay, Jay Witt. Put the ball in this dude's hands. He never goes down as soon as he gets the ball. He works hard. So reward him. Every once in a while, let my man cook. That's important. And the fans love this guy. So Sark was asked about, hey, man, how does Jay Wigg go through a game 
without a catch? And the thing, the answer, I don't truly like because he's in charge of scheming this thing up. So you can find the balance. My man didn't get a catch last week. I think one of the challenges for us offensively, which is a great challenge, right? These are high-level problems. Um, let's say we throw 30 passes Saturday, okay? You have Xavier Worthy, you have A.D. Mitchell, you have J.T. Sanders, you have Jonathan Brooks, you have you have Jordan Whittington, um, you have Gunnar Helm in there, all right? You have Cedric Baxter in there. And, you know, we're, we're trying to find ways to get the ball to Jonte Cook in there. You have, you have a lot of people, right? And there's only, only one ball, right, of who's catching it. And so sometimes – Yes, there's a game plan of what we're trying to do and where that ball maybe is trying to go. A lot of the times the defense is somewhat declaring where that ball's going to go based on the coverages that we're getting and if the quarterback reads it right. So um, naturally, I, I don't ever want Jordan to walk out of a game with zero catches, uh, but there's going to be games where he has one, two, or three. There's going to be a game where he has 10. Um, but that when that game he has 10 how many did ad and, and xavier and jt catch and so the ball naturally moves around uh, i think we've got a great deal of balance on our offensive football team right now of where the ball's going and who's catching it and why um but i think one thing about jordan that that i will i will always be forever grateful for him he's the ultimate team player he will do whatever we ask of him to do to help this team win and i think that that's why he has so much respect from his teammates yeah, he's that guy. He's definitely that guy that will show up and give you everything that he has and not complain about the situation. But I know deep down, and I've seen some other people comment on it, the dude is frustrated because when you come back, and obviously you want to win a championship, and that's what he's talked about, and I, I, I give him kudos for that. But he always, always wants to get better so he can play at the next level. And if you're not getting targets and you're not finding ways to get him the ball, and again, I know he said it, one, maybe two, maybe three catches a game when you're throwing the ball 30 times, you got to get this person, that person, that person. Listen, man, I understand all that. But you're an offensive-minded guy that can scheme people open. Scheme him open reward him for all of his hard work. I can't say it any plainer. The dude works hard. Give him a treat every once in a while. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. That's it. And I hope that this is the game that he shows up and shows out. I hope this is the game where he is featured a little bit more than what you would expect in a normal situation. We saw glimpses at Oklahoma in that game at the cotton ball when a play needs to be made third down let's look for him dude is tough works his ass off let's reward him and let me tell you who else is tough and they work hard too it's great blue heron furniture company that's right it is a custom leather furniture company that's been around since 1991 their main focus is heavy leathers hides and fabrics ranging from traditional western to modern farmhouses and man, let me tell you, this stuff is beautiful. You cannot and you will not find a more uh, stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere out there. There's a link in a video description down underneath 
right here on this YouTube page that takes you to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you'll get 15% off of your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and built to last for decades, look no further than great Blue Heron furniture. You can click on that link for more info or just give them a call at 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. And I'm, I'm my man Sal said that's coach speak. I understand it. You know, there's a lot to go into this and there's a lot to be discovered. But I'm looking at this game and here's some names that I need y'all to pay attention to. Y'all need to pay attention to Austin Moore. He's number 41. He's a weak side linebacker. He leads the team with nine tackles for loss. He flies to the football. He's all over the place. Um, you also got to remember a name, Khalid Duke. He's number 29. He's got five sacks. Make sure you pay attention to that. Obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, you got Will Howard. You've also got uh, Avery Johnson, not the not the one that always used to call David Robinson the Admiral. No, you got Avery Johnson, quarterback, who's dual threat. I think he and Will Howard are both dual threats. You got the running back, DJ Giddens. He's number 31. He's their top rusher. He's got seven touchdowns on the ground. Will Howard has 14 passing touchdowns. You got Phillip Brooks, number eight. Returning back to this team on the offensive side, he's got 39 receptions for uh, 437 yards, and he's big play player on punt returns. So the kicking game is definitely going to have to be a major part of, of uh, the success that we have on Saturday. Another part of this is tackle. I just told you about some of these guys and the plays that they are able to make in the playmakers on each side of the ball for them. But Sark was asked about the importance of getting people to the ground, the importance of tackling. And what I heard Wag say this, and I, and it's, this is definitely some coach speak. Populate to the football. Make sure that you have everybody on the, on the field, anybody that's playing defense. You need to make sure that you're around the football. Get there somehow, some way. And so Sark was asked about the importance of tackling and making sure you get guys down on the ground. It's huge. Um, you know, we, we recognize this, you know, they tax you uh, in a lot of ways in, in their ability to um, deploy people on the field, um, utilize some of the RPO game. Um, they're very tactical in their approach to running the football, um, but yet they have the physicality to run the football and they got a veteran offensive line and they've got two really good runners and they got two very capable quarterbacks at running the ball. So I'm not, we're not naive to think that they're going to, they're going to scheme us up on some things and they're going to, they're going to have some runs that are available to them. We have to make sure that those runs are limited to what they were blocked for. Um, I say it all the time. Let, let, let's let a five-yard run be a five-yard run. Don't let a five-yard run turn into a 15 or 20-yard run. How does that happen? That happens, A, if you're out of your gap, okay, and we don't fit it properly, and then, B, we miss that tackle, okay? And so fundamentally, there's the fundamental of being aligned right and reading the the, the scheme and being in my right fit. And then the second fundamental um, 
is, is using the proper technique to get people on the ground. And then the third aspect to that is our effort. We need to populate the ball really well Saturday. So uh, I think all those levels to it, um, but, but leveraging the ball, tackling, getting as many white hats as we can to the football are all critical. And then ultimately, you know, at, at some point getting the ball off them and we've got to create some turnover Saturday as well. You definitely have to make sure that you're getting to the football and you want to be able to create more turnovers. We talked about those turnovers um, earlier in the week and how two for the last two weeks, Sark was talking about turnovers and they went out and created turnovers. They need to create more. And this game, as I said, it will be a, it will be a battle to see who's turned over the ball or who controls the ball and who is going to create those turnovers in those in those situations. As he talked about, you got to make sure that you control the, the ground game. They've run for 226 yards per game. Per game, they average 226 yards on the ground. The one thing we've talked about about the Texas Longhorns, who are they? What can they do? They haven't had trouble in the red zone. You know who has not had trouble in the red zone? The K-State Wildcats. The Wildcats are 33 of 40, which ranks them second nationally behind Rice at 83%. They are at 82.5% of conversions in the red zone. So this is going to be a, a place where I've talked about you have to take those points, Sark. You have, you're in no situation. You have to take the points early in the ballgame because these guys, they convert when they get to the red zone. So two things have to happen. You got to stop them from getting in the red zone. But when you get in the red zone, you have to put points on the board because they are going to be able to do so. Uh, they're also very good on third down. They've converted 74% of their third downs in the last two games. They're 20 of 27 on third down. That's 74.1%. Here's a stat that you might have heard somewhere or you you may not have heard this at all. But what K-State has been able to do since the third quarter of the Texas Tech game, they've yielded only three points since the third quarter of the Texas Tech game. That's 142 minutes that they have not given up any points. They've outscored their opponents in the last nine quarters, 89 to three. Think about that. They have done a very good job. Now you can go over there and look at the offenses. They beat beat, beat U of H last week, 41 to nothing. We already know that it was a struggle for Texas to beat them. They they blanked them. Now, I'm of the thought process that the reason why they blanked them is because U of H played their Super Bowl the week before against the Dallas, I mean, against the Texas Longhorns. It was the closest that they came. Everybody said the game was fixed and was a bad spot, all this stuff. But they went berserk. During that game. And after that, they didn't have anything to play for. You heard Dana talk about the coaches told me all I have to do. Uh, all the fans told me I just got to win one game. That's all they care about. Well, they care about this one too, bro. But you got blanked last week. K 
K-State riding high, understood the assignment, went in there, didn't look ahead to play Texas. They handled their business, and they went out and won 41 to nothing. So we'll see how this plays out. But just some numbers that I wanted to give you. It is uh, I expect Texas to win this game. I'll give you the expectation. I put out there Texas wins 29 or 28 to 20 is what I put. I said Texas wins 28 to 20. Now, depending on how we get there, that's one thing. He's going to have to kick some field goals. So it may be 31. It may be 27. I don't know. But I expect Texas to win this game. With all that information that I gave you, I still believe that Texas wins the game. I want to talk about my friends over at Four Roofs. Go to the number fourroofstx.com to find out more information about this, this great company. Whether you need residential or commercial, uh, Four Roofs will get you taken care of. It's a locally owned company that has 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and quick response times. They are very thorough, and I trust them very much so. You can trust them as well. I use them for my crib. You can use them for yours. I know these people personally, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. They make sure that they have a project manager on every job site, making sure that the job is done right, and you get everything that you were promised. So reach out today at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884. Or go to the number four, roofstx.com. Tell them Hardball Hard sent you. Um, also wanted to talk a little bit about the big games this weekend. I told you Texas is going to win. I gave you the rundown about all these other games that are happening in college football. Uh, the big game for me, Texas A&M and Ole Miss. I'm just more worried about the fallout. I cannot wait to see if if they can win the game. If Ole Miss wins this game, what the fallout is going to be when it comes to Jimbo Fisher. I'm, I'm telling you, I cannot wait uh, for that to happen. So here's the other part. We got big NFL matchups this weekend, and I'm talking about big quarterbacks going against big quarterback, big name guys going against big name teams. So this is going to be a fun field football weekend. And what better way to start your Sunday than waking up for an 830 game over in Germany as Kansas City and Miami get the get the party started. Now, I heard the conversation. The story is they just got there. Kansas City just got there. The other team's been there for a week. They've been there for five days. So they're getting acclimated. They're getting their practice time in. They're getting some good food. They're enjoying the nightlife over in Frankfurt, Germany. But Kansas City just got there on Thursday night. So I'm wondering about jet lag. I'm wondering if this is something that they're used to. I mean, it's it's a different time zone. So your body is going to be adjusting. Now add into this point too, daylight savings. Starts this weekend. So you fall back and you get another hour back. So their their clocks are going to be all jacked up by the time they get there, by the time the game is actually played. But as I said, both teams are trying to be the top dog in the AFC. Tua leads the Dolphins and that track team. Patrick Mahomes is trying to find a wide receiver that can step up and help Travis Kelsey out. Both teams are 6-2. and two. It's an 8.30 kickoff. I will be in front of the TV, kegs and eggs, baby, kegs and eggs, getting ready to start early morning uh, football. The 6-2 and two Ravens and the Seattle, the 5-2 and two Seattle Seahawks, they battle in Baltimore at noon. Excited for that. 
Lamar Jackson is back to his form. Geno Smith keeps making people forget about Russell Wilson. Both defenses are going to have their work cut out for them because both offenses can be dynamic. I told you yesterday, I look at Geno Smith, and he first half, he's not really doing anything. Then the next thing you know, he's got me 25 fantasy points. I need all them points. Run that back to me, dog. Run that back to me. Uh, the three and four Buccaneers will travel to H-Town town to take on the Texans, who is also three and four. C.J. Stroud in the Texans' offense will try to find a run game because he need a, a young quarterback needs a good running game, and they definitely need to get that figured out. The Bucs need to make a push in the NFC South because the NFC South is just wide open, so there may be an opportunity for them to get uh, to that next level. Baker Baker Moneymaker and Mike Evans, they need to find common ground. That kickoff is at noon. Uh, five and two, my Dallas Cowboys will travel to the city of brotherly love and take on the six and one NFL best record by team, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys are led by Dak Prescott. He put up big numbers against uh, CD with, with CD Lamb. They'd CD rolling. They were getting after it. So this is going to be a big, big matchup. And the Eagles' defense is ferocious, to say the least. They got it on every level. They got all kinds of talent that is sitting there. So that is going to be a game to pay attention to. Jalen Hurts, he was limping the last game. I don't know if y'all were paying attention to it, but he wasn't moving as uh, thorough and as quickly as he once was. So I'm wondering if he might be a little banged up this week. Uh, the Cowboys, after the Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles, that's right, I said it. I said they're going to beat them. After you finish watching that game, you can tune into the Sunday night football game as the matchup of Josh Allen and the five and three Buffalo Bills. They travel to Cincinnati to take on Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, whose team is four and three in the Bengals. Uh, both teams are coming off big games, and Cool Joe is playing at an elite, elite level again. Josh Allen, if he can play clean, this will be a good turnout for, for the Buffalo Bills, and he cannot turn the ball over. Josh Allen gets in trouble when he tries to do too much. And if he can go out there and play a big game this weekend, that will boost everybody in Buffalo. But most importantly, they'll put everybody else on notice. It's going to be a tough, tough challenge when you start to look at that. Uh, it's a 7:20 kickoff, and I can't wait to uh, watch that game to finish off a great, great weekend of college and NFL football. I want to talk a little bit, too, about my friends over at Pest Wranglers. PestWranglers.com is where you need to go for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. Its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. That's why Pest Wranglers won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you're a happy customer, why are you going to go anywhere else? Look at their five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all other referral sites. Pest Wranglers services most of the Central Texas area. And if you're needing help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you need an inspection done for your commercial and residential properties, please don't hesitate and give them a call at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. That's right, pestwranglers.com. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. That's right. Um, I want to talk a little bit too about the NBA, what Wimby was able to do last night was something that uh, 
I know a lot of people have been waiting to see. And I've been very impressed with the way he's gone about it. He had a historic performance last night. As I told you, they played they played the uh, other game against the Denver, not Denver, excuse me, the, the Phoenix Suns. They played them twice in the same week. They played them on Tuesday, and then they played them last night. And with that being done, you got a chance to watch Victor Wimbenyama Who's got? He's got a seven. He's seven foot four, but his swing span is like eight. I mean, his his arms are so long. And when you watch him play, I told you the other day, the game needs to slow down for him, and he needed to slow down. And that looked like what he did the other night or last night. He he, it was an unbelievable performance when you put it in perspective of what he was and what his numbers were. You start looking at how he performed, and this was when a night where Keldon Johnson, he didn't play that well. Uh, he didn't have a great shooting night. But Wimby went 15 of 26 from the field, 3 of 6 from three-point land, and then he was 5 of 6 from the free throw line. He had 10 rebounds, and he had two blocks. This is a guy that as the game starts to slow down and he starts to become a little bit more comfortable, he still looks like a baby giraffe out there. I mean, he's just he's just odd looking because you're not used to seeing guys like that. We've seen a lot of uh, superstars that are good athletes that look a lot smoother. Well, this guy is at a whole nother level as far as height, as far as his wingspan, as far as him running up and down the floor. He's got handles like a guard. I mean, he's done a little bit of everything. And then you look on the other side. I saw a picture yesterday. I mean, we all know how the Slim Reaper, our man Kevin Durant, how tall he looks, how lanky he looks. Well, he was standing next to Victor yesterday, and he looked little. He looked like Kevin Durant looked like me standing next to Kevin Durant. That's how the, 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 the height differential is for that young man. And just to think that he's 18 years or 19 years old, playing in the NBA, doing unbelievable work. His plus minus last night was plus 21. They won the game 132 to 122, I mean, to 121. They were up at one point by 20 points. And then, of course, Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker made a run. Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant had 28. Devin Booker had 31 last night. But it was the balance scoring. Obviously, I know that Wimbin Yama is uh, Wimby Mania is something to to be excited about. But Zach Collins played great. Jeremy Sohan did good. Devin uh, Vassell had 17 points. The only person that didn't have a great game was Keldon Johnson. And Keldon Johnson the other night helped them beat Phoenix then as well. So the Spurs now are three and two. They're playing an exciting brand of basketball. And as I told you the other day, when you watch Coach Pop and see his face and the way he goes about everything right now, it's been very, very impressive. The energy that he's playing, uh, coaching with, the way he's continuing to direct traffic and helping this young team along and watching them play hard for Pop, that is impressive. And so I'm going to be playing a lot of attention to the San Antonio Spurs even more than I was before, but most importantly, because I want to see how well 
Wimbenyama continues to grow and continues to get better at this thing that we call NBA basketball. I know it's that time, folks. I said it's that time. I told you, basketball season is here. The men's basketball team is always, always playing at a very high level. Yeah, that's, that's the Longhorn Bear. I, I brought that up yesterday. I brought up that 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 stat right there. I'm gonna show it on the show. If you take the letter of all each of the postseason opponents for the Texas Rangers that they beat, spells uh, road. They went 11 and 0 on the road. First game was against the Rays. First series was against the Rays. Second series against the Orioles. Third series against the Astros, and the fourth series against the Diamondbacks. And you now it spells champ. Don't always spell road, but it definitely spells champ. They're having their parade today. I'm excited for all Rangers fans. Miss Becky, I know you're pumped. My boy JT, I know he's fired up. Uh, like I said yesterday, that's for Ron Washington, Johnny Oates. It ain't for Woodward because he was a terrible, terrible baseball coach for them. But I'm just excited <clears throat> for, for all of them to be uh, celebrating that championship. And for our man BK. BK got his TV time. He was a, a, a star among stars. And that mustache made an appearance on TV. Damn mustache, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about that. But you know what I'm not concerned about? I'm not concerned about the midday show with Trey and BK. That's coming up next. But I'm your boy, Harbaugh Harge. I want to thank you for tuning in. I had a great, great time today uh, getting you ready for this, this weekend. Don't forget Ricky Williams, Covert BK. I know a lot of people are still looking for it. They're looking for the main building. I'm sure BK will tell you, uh, BK and Trey will tell you exactly where you need to be because, hey, it's Friday. And that's what TS Unfiltered does for you. They bring stars among stars. And that's why Ricky Williams is out there today. I'm your host, Harbaugh Hearts. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. And just remember, don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.